It takes a humble mind and a curious spirit to go past the hubris that ignorance and knowledge bring. Through questions, specific concerns are addressed, doubts are dissolved, and understanding is achieved, which is the goal of this podcast. We believe asking questions provides one of the quickest and most precise routes to understanding, which translates into the correct execution of actions and the attainment of desired outcomes. This is where Solomon Ray comes in. Solomon Ray is a prolific Bible teacher, executive leader, advisor, and sponsor. Known for his love for Jesus Christ and people, wisdom, and unique incursions into God's Word to provide relevance, clarity, and understanding for personal leadership and a more productive life in Christ Jesus through every area of life. We trust this podcast will help you provide clarity to the burning questions you've been harboring all these years. Let's delve into the podcast and listen attentively as Solomon Ray brings clarity, insight, and understanding to some questions. Take a listen. or episode of this podcast, Ask Solomon Ray. And this podcast has been dragging for a time now. We've been trying to make everything work right so we can deliver to you um, something that really is going to bring value to you and of, of the highest quality that we can afford at the moment. So thank you once again. And let's hit the road right away. So the inaugural question for this podcast comes from Shana. Shana is in Cameroon and her question um, is touching our God-given assignment and it goes as follows. How are we to know what exactly our assignments are? And given we don't have all the time here on earth, is it possible to seek God earnestly and still die without knowing what one's assignment is all about? Thank you very much, Shana. Let me repeat that again for emphasis. How are we to know what exactly our assignments are? And given we don't have all the time here on earth, is it possible to seek God earnestly and still die without knowing what one's assignment is all about? That's a very powerful question. Thank you once more, Shana, for trusting us and for being the first person um, who is posing the question and that God is using us at a point to bring some answers to. So your question has three parts, three parts, and I'm going to address the three parts because there is something that I want to speak to, you know, regarding each part. And the first part has to do with um, how, how are we to know what exactly our assignments are? That's part one. And the second part is, Given we don't have all the time here on earth, so there's a time component, and I'm going to say something about that. And the third part is, is it possible to seek God earnestly and still die without knowing what one's assignment is all about? That's the third component. Right, so let's go straight into it, the first component. How are we to know what exactly our assignments are? So once more, this is a very pertinent question, and because everything about our life hinges on this, this, what is it, the assignment, our assignment, and 
I, I must be frank with you. I've been, I've been around, you know, for a couple of years and doing this, talking to people, young people, elderly people, being in church for my entire life. And I must confess that this is something that I've hardly heard. Um, not because, you know, of any particular um, ill intention from, from, from us and even the leaders. But of course, God emphasizes things as we go pertaining to his purposes on the earth and even in our, in our, in our, our lives in general. So, to, in, in understanding that, it's important that um, I'm going to give you some guidelines um, or some things to consider because we have to also understand that this component of assignment is a whole lesson or not even a lesson, beyond a lesson, it can be incorporated into a whole program where you have to be taught extensively before we can really get down to the bottom of of this but I'm going to give you some general guidelines that can help you in kind of deciphering or knowing what your ex your assignment is again what I'm talking about here the things I'll be telling you will not be telling you this is your assignment or this is your not your assignment the assignment is something you're called to do your purpose can be known, but your assignment is something you've been called to do specifically. So the first thing to understand regarding this question is that our assignment comes from God. It is God-designed. It's not subjective. It's not something that we, we decide. It's not something that we force down God's truth. So the first component, the first thing to understand in this component of the, of the question is that God is the author and the designer of our lives and he has planned everything beforehand. So there is this portion of the Bible that I want us to read, Psalms 139 from verses 13 to 16 from the New Living Translation. Psalms 139 from verses 13 to 16 from the New Living Translation. I use some translations to make sure that I bring out the correct um, or the right intonation that every verse has to relate to us. So we read from the New Living Translations, Psalm 139 verses 13 to 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. 14. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. 15. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. 16. And the last. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. My emphasis is on verse 16. But first, David is talking about that, you know, God knew him god knows all of us god was there and he orchestrated he orchestrated everything he orchestrated our being born he orchestrated you know our conception and everything god is not surprised and ignorant of everything that happened before we were conceived so verse 16 is our verse of emphasis you saw me before i was born 
every day of my life was recorded in your book. You saw me before I was born. The, the Passion Translation says, You saw me before I became me. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. And we know when something is written down, it's, it becomes something that is solid truth and fact. It's something that is binding. Because when something is just spoken, it can be altered. So God says he has written it in his book. It means it's final, it's complete. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God had completed your days. God had completed your time on earth before you were even born. God, God starts from the end. So he had completed everything. Plant your life, Shana. Plant my life and plant whoever is listening to me your lives. And even those who don't know God and those who don't believe in Christ, God has still planned their lives. So, and in that plan is everything about you. When when Christ says that the, the hairs of your head are numbered, where do you think that data goes into? It goes into your book. Everything about you is recorded in that book. Who you are meant to be, the people you are meant to see, those who are meant to help you, those you are meant to impact and influence for God. The thing that God has you do in order to impact and influence the earth to make sure that his his kingdom is implanted in the earth because that's the ultimate goal the implantation of the kingdom of god in the earth or on the earth the implantation so god being god in every strata in society in government in in politics in entertainment in media education family you know god being god and his his ways being the dominant um, modus operandi that, that determines how everything is done in every strata of society. But I digress. God has laid down everything. He has prepared everything beforehand. So it's important. The first thing, so the first nugget or the first answer that I'll give is number one, to be aware. Because most of us are not aware that everything has been predestined for us. So to be aware that God has predestined everything God has planned everything about our lives and the Bible says every day of our lives have been planned. Every day of our lives have been planned. So it's important to factor that in. So that creates an awareness. Now after we are aware, what should we do? The next thing we should do is to ask. Ask God why you're here. Ask him why he has you here. Because your parents, my parents thought they orchestrated our coming. In a sense, yes, but it was part of a bigger plan. God had been orchestrating everything. So you have to ask him and ask him diligently. We'll talk about that um, later. Ask God, why do you have me here? What am I to do? How am I to do it? So that's the first one, being aware. Number two, asking God. The third thing that we have to do is to change the, our way of thinking because this is important because if we don't change the way we think we will not be able to perceive because when, when we are asking therefore we want God to speak to us and when I mean asking here it doesn't mean that you will kneel down and just offer a prayer and God will just breathe to you that's not how it happens the things of God take time and you ask me what should I be doing now I'll tell you at some point down the line so we are asking meaning we are praying meaning we are we are we are meditating we are meditating on it that becomes our our lifeline that becomes 
our life purpose to know what is it that God wants us to do or have us do. So, we are expecting to hear from him. We want to hear him say something. We have to change, therefore, the spirit of our mind. We have to change the way we think. Why is it important? Like I said, it's important to change the way you think so you can prove, you can receive the revelations that come from God. Because anyone who functions on an entirely human level cannot receive the things of God. Anyone who functions on an entirely human level cannot receive the things of God because the things of God are spiritually discerned. So what do I do to change the way I think? We go now to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, from the New King James Version. I beseech you therefore, Paul is writing, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This, I can talk about this for a month, but my emphasis is verse 2. 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I repeat verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. The world that means the system of the world, the way the world operates, the way the world thinks. The human perspective. So another translation we talk about, don't be conformed to the cultures of this world. So when you're coming to God and you're asking, you have to change your perceptions. You have to change the way you think. Don't think as a human being. Don't think as a Cameroonian. Don't try to perceive God as an American. Don't try to perceive God as an African. Don't try to perceive God from your cultural standpoint. Because God is above all that. And all those things um, don't enable us and help us to perceive God rightly. So we have to change the way we think. And that comes by being transformed by the renewing of our mind. The word for transformed there is the word transfigured. Be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. Be transfigured. Be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. And that happens when you interact with the Word of God. Not just reading the Word of God as a way to just drive some personal goals. You've read today two verses and check mark. And the next day check mark to just soothe your conscience that you're doing something worthwhile. Although there is something is good to do that. But I'm talking about when you're interacting with the Word of God. What is your objective? Our primary objective in whenever we encounter the word is to know God and understand who he is and understand how he works, how he thinks and how he does his things. The reason we are looking for those things is because we want to conform our lives to his way of doing things and thinking. So studying the word, meditating on the word, because when you study the word of God, it lends you the perspectives of God. It reveals to you the mind of God and in the mind of God there we have now his his plans and purposes and all of that is very important. So being aware, number one, number two, asking God, and number three, dwelling on the word. Remember, I said it's not a quick fix. You won't just come to God and all of a sudden he will just he will just appear to you and start talking to you. No, it takes time. So you have to dwell on the word, practice the word, live your life from the word. Again, I said our goal is not conforming to the cultures 
of the world. So we have to be conformed, therefore, to the culture of God or the culture of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And that happens when we interact with the word, we meditate on it, and we practice the word of God. Therefore, it lends us God's perspective and God's mind. Because all of us have the mind of Christ. When you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. But very few Christians actually manifest that mind or activate that mind. Because though we are we are many Christians, many Christians still live from their human standpoint. They still live and function and operate as, as Cameroonians and as Americans, as Nigerians as Chinese, as, you know, um, Germans, whatever. And that's not the goal. We have to live our life from the word of God as Christ would and did. Therefore, that leads us now to the last thing I want to talk about concerning this component of your question. It's important now to understand that I've said that it's not a one-time thing. You don't just come to God and ask him, God, what do you want me to do? And God will just respond. So what do you do? Because it takes time. It takes time to know God. It takes time to for God to reveal himself to you. Because many things have to go through. God has to vet your motive. You have to you have to discover your own self that your heart is a very big deceiver. God has to bring to the point where you stop trusting in yourself, trusting in your ideas. But above all, God has to vet your motive to know that you have him above everything else, even above your own life. Remember, he said that if you have to be my disciple, you must love me beyond father, mother, brother, sister. Love me beyond everything. Even love me beyond your own very self. That's the point where he wants you to be. That's the point he wants me to be. So what do I do in the meantime? Good question. So what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? When God appeared to Moses and said, you will deliver the children of Israel from Egypt. And he said, I am not capable. And God asked him, what do you have in your hand? That response is still true today. So God, you want me to work for you. You want me to serve you. But I don't know what to do. And God will ask you. And he's asking you, what do you have in your hand? Your job, your business, um, your, your talents, your family, your body, your mind. What do I do in the meantime? First, you. Make sure that you change your mindset from just living to have daily bread to living your life to serve God. My life is to serve Him, so I go after Him. So, that's step number one. Number two, what do you do now physically, practically? Your business. Use your business to glorify God. Use your career to glorify God. How can I glorify God in my career? Do what God says you should do as an employee who is employed by someone else. Respect them. Serve them as if you're serving Him. Be truthful to your employer. Be truthful to your employee if you're an employee. Serve them well. Treat them well. Employee, respect your employer. And reveal the life of God through your body and through your through your life so your so your employer and the, your colleagues can see the beauty of God in your life but you are still God is still working on you to reveal to you the specific thing that he has for you as a business person how do i glorify God through my business i treat my employees right i pay them well as much as it's my to make them live a comfortable life and also expecting the best from them as well. I treat my customers right. I don't try to defraud them by every means. I'm fair. I price my articles fairly and I make sure I provide value without just hyping my services and uh, just to get people to come to me. No. That's how you 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 can use some examples. You can go into more detail. Use your resources to serve God. Your tithe, your first fruit and also 
giving for the work of God, living your life. So the rationale now for living is not just to, to survive, but is to live for God. Why do I want to get married? Or you are married. What do I do in the meantime while God is here to speak to me about the specific assignment he has for me? You do the things that are good and acceptable. Your husband, you are there to help him to actualize um, God's destiny for his life. Also, husband, you are there to actualize your wife's destiny. Bring her, cultivate her, and bring her to the point that she is the person that God wants her to be. Let her fulfill her own assignment or let her fulfill her own destiny. As a husband, that's your assignment. As a husband, you are there to train your children, to raise them in the way of God and to show them the path of righteousness. This is the way God wants us to live and this is why you are here on the earth. So as you are doing all those things, God is working on your discernment because you'll be able to prove. Remember our verse, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, verse 2, do not be conformed to the culture of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be that you may prove, that you may distinguish. So as you're doing all those things, you're distinguishing, God is working on your discernment, and you'll be able to distinguish what is God's good will, God's acceptable will, and God's perfect will. Your assignment is in God's perfect will for your life, where you're doing the exact thing that, that God sent you here to do. And you'll say, but Christ didn't have all that time. Um, Christ knew what he had to do from the word go. Not exactly. He had a progressive life. He knew what he was to do per time, but he didn't know how he was to die. He knew he was to die. For example, you, we all know that we are not meant to live eternally here, though we are eternal beings. I'll talk about that. But we don't know how we are going to sleep. Likewise, Christ knew that the height of his assignment was for him to die. He didn't know how he would die and when did he know at the mount of transfiguration when moses and elijah came and the bible says they spoke to him concerning his death it's only after that he knew that it was a cross and that was just when he was past 30 rounding off his ministry and god is saying we should be transfigured by renewing our mind so let me read another verse to help us understand and we conclude on this segment talking about what you should do in the meantime while you're pressing and asking and meditating on the word for God to reveal to you the specific assignment that he has for you. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 to 17. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 to 17 from the Passion Translation and it reads, So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes 17 and don't live foolishly for then you will have discernment to fully understand god's will very important i repeat i read again be very careful how you live not being like those with no understanding who live for themselves who live for money and for pleasure and you know just to have mansions and to satisfy their own selfish desires that's living without understanding but live honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes so every day make sure that in everything that you do you're living your life for his purposes 
to reveal Christ to people, to tell someone about Jesus, to reveal the life of Christ and the goodness and the love of Christ, you know, in everything that you do. Don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment. As you're living for his purposes on a daily basis, God now will give you the discernment to fully understand his will for your life. So that's what you should be doing in the meantime while God is here to speak to you. Let me just relate this, this, this story and it's about myself. You know, when I understood this particular truth, I began asking God, you know, what is it that you want me to do? And I was asking many questions and praying and meditating on it. My mind was focused on it. I was doing other things as well, of course. But it took time and, of course, God is true to his word and he revealed himself and told me, you know, when God speaks, it's in many layers. So, generally, he will not just tell you black and white. He might, but generally he doesn't. When he speaks, there are some other things that you have to understand. And from that point on, he had been very faithful until the point where I am sitting somewhere with, with my wife and we're trying to get something done, not, not at home, somewhere in town, here in Yaoundé in Cameroon for those who are listening from elsewhere. And a, a man comes who is well-dressed, very responsible and just meets my wife and I. We're sitting on some stairs and he talks to my wife and then he talks to me. I, w- I won't reveal the content of what he said but that's the time where he spoke. He said because of this, this, God will have people follow you. God will have people listen to you. And he said don't do this. Do this. And I got a very clear revelation and from that time on I've really not known um, the man again but later I got to meet him and I spoke to him about our meeting that's I think one or two years after I got to meet him again and he told me he couldn't even remember me he couldn't remember the whole incident the point I'm trying to make is when you're diligent in serving in seeking him he will communicate to you in in a way that you will not miss it but in the meantime use what you have to serve him use what you have your relationship your marriage your business your talents your, your skills use your resources your time use those in serving him as you're living for his purposes daily he's going to refine your discernment he's going to transform the way you think then you'll be able to discern that which he has called you to do and obviously he will reveal himself to you in a very practical way so the next component talks about given we don't have all the time here on earth so you're addressing the time component though it was a, it's a statement that was leading to a different statement but i want to ad- address this particular aspect time we have to understand that our assignment is time sensitive we are eternal beings we live forever whether you live maybe in hell or with god everybody is eternal but location is different but in this sense what makes us to be time sensitive here on earth is our assignment because our assignment is time sensitive every project is time bound so we are like God's projects. And the assignment he has us do has a specific start time and end time. Remember, when you are born, you know, in the medical field, they record your day, your time of birth. And the day you die, they record your time of death. Do not think that that information is useless. It's not useless because even in heaven it's recorded. So our assignment is time sensitive. Therefore, we have a limited time as compared to eternity. We have a limited time to do what we have to do. We don't have all the time to do 
what God has called us to do. However, it's important to know that God always gives us far more than what we need to do what we have to do. God gives us far more than what we need to do what we have to do. The spirit of God's giving is that he always outgives our need. He's able to do far more than what you can ever think or imagine. That's how God is. That's who God is. When he gives, he gives. There's no day that God will give you and me and our need will still far surpass what he gives. If at all, he's the one giving it. So how does this relate to time? We have more time than we need to do the assignment that we have. Though the time is fixed and limited, but the time God has given us is far more than what we need to do the assignment he has given us to do. Why is this? Because God is a very generous God and he is not there to trap us. He is not there to make us fall into error. He understands that it takes so much time to know him. He understands that we are rebellious people from birth. He understands that he will take much more time before we get to even be born again. He understands that even when we are born again, it's going to take a lot of time for you to even come to understand some things about him. For example, most of you listening to me, maybe you've never heard of the fact that you have an assignment from God here on earth. I don't mean the assignment that you choose to do. I mean the assignment that he chose for you and that you have to seek him to find out what that assignment is. And this is the first time you're hearing it and you're 30 years old, you're 40 years old, you're 50 years old. So God gives us that much time in order to take care of what I call margin of error, the time of error, the time of ignorance, so that even when we are 40 and so, we still can actualize our destiny and fulfill our assignment. That's why God has so much time given to us, more than what we need. Truth be told, the assignment God has for us, if we know it early, if we see God early, we know it early, we can be done with it very early. It doesn't mean that you'll pass away early, you know. He knows that maybe you'll get married and you have children, you need to raise your children. He will still have you there to make sure that you do those things that you have to do. But in terms of your assignment, specific thing that you have to do, we can do that in far lesser time. Jesus used three years to do his and he was done. So God is generous with time. He has given us far more time than we need to do what he has us do. And the third component and final component of your question is, is it possible to seek God earnestly and still die without knowing what one's assignment is all about? This is a very tricky question and you understand why. The first thing to note is that it is possible to seek God and still die. Well, I don't like using the word die because in the Bible, after Christ comes and dies and resurrects, we don't die, we sleep. So that's why even Jesus hardly used the word die, like to mean death. So when they will say she's dead, he will say no, she sleeps. And even Paul, he will use the word sleep instead of die because we come to understand that in Christ we don't die, we sleep. And we're in a temporal state of death in quote because we still have to wake up back to life. It's impossible to see God and still die without getting to know your assignment, talk less of fulfilling your assignment. It's possible to see God and not know what God has you to do. You will say, but how come? How is that so? Hmm... It's because God is not just seeking for people who are just looking for him. He's looking at the intensity of your search, the intensity of how much do you desire him. It's like ladies, for example. You don't just want someone who is seeking you. You want someone who seeks you wholeheartedly, who wants you wholeheartedly, someone who loves you completely. That's how God is. God is not fooled by just mere words we speak. 
I love you, Lord, is not enough. God wants total commitment, complete devotion. He doesn't want to be number two on your list. He doesn't want to be number three on your list and on my list. He wants to be number one. He wants to be the priority of your life. He wants to be the only thing and the very first thing that you seek. And that thing that you seek or him that you seek now modulates your other uh, thing that you seek. That come number two and number three and number four and going down the line. Therefore, it is impossible to seek God diligently and yet die without knowing your God-given assignment. So the difference there, the word that differentiates everything is the word earnestness or diligence. It's impossible to seek God diligently and die without knowing your assignment. Because this will make God a liar. This will make God a liar. If you can seek God diligently and still die without knowing your assignment, it means God is a liar. And you will say, why so? We'll read some verses so that you understand why it's impossible for you and I to seek God diligently. That's a key word. Diligently, earnestly, completely, totally, with everything that we have and with everything that we are. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 from the New King James Version. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, number one, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. For those who come to God must believe that he exists, that he is present, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is someone who has integrity. Whatever he has said, he will do. There is no way you will seek God diligently and he will not come to you. And you will not know him. And you will not get to know the intricacies of your life. It's impossible. That's Paul talking by the Spirit. But let's read what Jesus himself says. John chapter 14 verse 21 from the Passion Translation, the TPT. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commandments. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father and I will passionately love him in return and will reveal myself to him. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my father and I will passionately love him in return and will reveal myself to him. And the word for reveal, there, it doesn't just mean that he will just, it's not just some casual revelation. The word there is, I will personally come to him. Him there, of course, is talking about you know, man, male, female. I will personally come to him. If you passionately love me, I will personally come to you. So God will not even wait that you even do some over stuff. He will personally come to you. I will reveal myself to him. There was a condition. Passionately loving God. Passionately loving Jesus. And the proof of love is death in this realm of life with God. God doesn't play our human type of love that we just tell him I love you and we crash a tear or two and we are lifting hands and we are crying. God is not really moved by that. How much of yourself have you put on the altar? And it should be all of it. The proof of love is death. That's why Christ says again, as a seed of corn falls to the ground and dies, that's how we have to die. That if we don't die to ourselves, we abide alone. If we don't die to ourselves, we abide alone. We are on our own. And we'll be just functioning with God based on principle. Because principles work for everyone. Whether you are an unbeliever or believer. For example, the principle of giving, it works for everyone. If an unbeliever gives 
the same reward applies to everyone. The proof of love is death. Death then means that well, it doesn't mean you go and enter a coffin and bury yourself. Death, what does that death means? Dying to yourself, dying to your dreams, dying to all your ambitions, dying to just live for yourself. Now you're living for God. That's why Paul says, I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. He, Paul, had ambitions before he met Christ. But all those ambitions died and Christ now becomes the person who lives through him. Meaning, it is Christ who dictates his purposes, Christ who dictates his desires, Christ who dictates his passions, and Christ dictates his actions and, and course of life. The proof of love is death because we have some truncated um, understanding of what love is from the human standpoint. God is not moved by, I love you, Lord, and you're crying. I'm not being sarcastic and trying to downplay that. I'm just trying to release and make us to understand the severity and the seriousness of what God means by love. So to God, love means death. So what did God do? Because he so loved the world, he gave himself. In the Bible, it says he gave his son. That's for lower level of understanding. But we understand that Jesus Christ is God himself in human form. So he gave himself. He gave himself to the world. He gave himself to you. Because if you were the only one on earth, God would have still died for you. If I were the only one on earth, God would have still died for me. So because he loved us and he still loves us, he gave himself to us or for us. Therefore, we have to reciprocate. If we love him, we have to give ourselves for him meaning he becomes what determines our lives that's what it means by i've given my life to christ you're saying that you no longer live for yourself but you live for him through your body your mind is for him your body is for him your skills are for him your competence is for him your resources your money is for him your career is for him your business is for him your relationships for him your marriage is for him your husband for him your wife for him your children for him that's where he becomes lord of your life he owns your life he owns you like you own your smartphone and your smartphone has no right to determine who to call and who not to call so we have to become dead to god in our hands and so that he can use us to achieve what he wants to achieve through us so to just give a last example abraham to kind of contextualize this love aspect first the key is our diligence and our love for god in our quest to know jesus christ we have to love god and we have to be diligent in our search putting all ourselves in it we don't have any plan b no plan c no plan d when you already have a second plan it means there is already a doubt there's an unbelief somewhere because we know that god is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him meaning that if we put our act together and we seek god diligently he is going to meet us and reveal himself to us so we don't need to have a plan b if i thought it's a plan b it's about doing what we have to be doing or to be doing while we are waiting and seeking for god to reveal our assignment to us let's look at abraham Abraham. God came to Abraham because somewhere Abraham loved God, was seeking after God, wanted to know him. And God appeared to Abraham. And Abraham's response tells us how much he was invested in knowing God. Abraham, leave this city and go to where I will show you. And Abraham did not ask why not. And he went, he took his wife and left, not knowing where God was telling him to go to. And finally God told him to settle here. And God gave him a promise of Isaac. And it took 25 years for that promise to come to manifestation. But in those 25 years of expectation, the Bible tells us Abraham never once doubted God. Abraham had come to a point of understanding who God is. 
that doubt was no longer in his vocabulary because he came to understand that whatever he's able to do or to say, he's able to do. Whatever he's able to say, he's able to do. And when God had given him a Isaac, what happened? God said, give me that only son of yours and the son that Abraham loved. To God, Isaac now was competing with him for Abraham's attention. And God said, someone is taking my place. Let me see, let me see. And he asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And in sacrificing Isaac, he was sacrificing himself because if Isaac had died, Abraham's lineage and name would have been ended. And Abraham never questioned God. He still went up and he had sacrificed Isaac in his heart. And God said, don't kill your son. And then he said, now I know that you love me beyond everything. Now I know that I am the first place in your life. That's why God never kept anything from Abraham. When he was about to destroy Sodom, he was just passing by. And Abraham, being the lover of God that he is, he entertained them in his house without knowing that he was God. And God said something that will I keep this thing from my servant Abraham? Because Abraham was so diligent in seeking God and in loving God, God was obliged to reveal the fate of Sodom to Abraham. And also because Abraham loved God diligently, God revealed himself to him and about his descendants in your Bible. So it's impossible to seek God diligently and not know what your assignment is. But it is possible to just seek God casually and not know what your assignment is. So let me wrap up. In conclusion, summary. What are we to do? Number one, understand that God has everything planned for you and only and only He can reveal your assignment to you. Therefore, you have to ask God why you are here and what He wants to do through you. Also, number two, get spiritual and life counsel they're not two people it's one person get a spiritual leader submit to spiritual authority that's how it functions in the kingdom of god so submit to a spiritual authority over your life for guidance and direction because god will always check for pride if you are a one-man army a one-woman army you have no place in the kingdom of god with God, we must submit to someone. Even Jesus Christ himself submitted to John Baptist. We must submit to a spiritual authority. Very important. Not a mentor. A spiritual authority. A spiritual leader. Because a mentor is there to help you achieve your goals. A spiritual leader is there to help you achieve what God has for you. And those are two different things. Number three, lead your life from God's word to change your perspective and your thinking pattern. Lead your life from God's word. Lead your life from God's word. Don't operate from your Cameroonian, African, American, Asian, Chinese, European mindset. Understand, live your life from God's word so God can change your perspective and your thinking pattern. And finally, use whatever you have to do and to live for God's purposes daily. Because when you do that, now God is sharpening your discernment. You'll be able to prove what is the good will and the acceptable will and the perfect will for your life. Therefore, you can now go to what is God's perfect will. And because God is going to reveal himself to you ultimately, I can guarantee you that. Thank you very much, Shana. And thank you for listening. It has been a lengthy one because this question is very important. I always like to take my time. Like I said, it's something that you need to sit under tutelage for an extended time of teaching and training before we can ever get to the bottom of this. So thank you very much again for listening. And um, I trust you 
you've learned something and i hope you're taking down notes don't just listen to this podcast like casual listening you can listen the first time that way but the second time take time and you know get a notebook and a pen and you take down some points and as i'm speaking to you god is speaking to you as well so as you're listening be listening to what god is telling you because that's what will always happen to you Thank you. God bless you. I've been Solomon Ray. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing and answering your questions. Take care. Have a nice day. I'm out. God bless. Bye-bye. We trust this episode was instructive and that you've learned a thing or two. Please feel free to send in your questions using the Q&A button if you're on Spotify or use the link in the show notes below if on Apple Podcast or any other player. Getting value from this podcast? Consider doing the following steps. Step 1. Leave a review after the show notes below and step 2. Share with your friends and loved ones via your social media platforms. Also, consider showing some love by supporting us by giving towards the development of other programs using the appropriate link in the show notes as well. Do you want to share a personal message with Solomon Ray? For your testimonials and message of gratitude, use the appropriate link in the show note below to send your voice note. We truly love you and believe in you and the person you are becoming in Christ Jesus. Till then, have a blessed day ahead and remember, Jesus Christ is counting on you to influence your world for him. God bless you.